Peterson is taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Welcome to Georgia Southern Extra. I'm your host, Nathan Dominitz, the sports content editor of the Savannah Morning News. And we talk about Georgia Southern Athletics, and we're recording on Tuesday. I want to make that clear because there's a lot of stuff going on in, in uh, the Sunbelt Conference. We're expecting an announcement later today, Tuesday, about the, the beginnings of expansion, the latest round of expansion, I guess. Uh, um, and Southern Mississippi and Hattiesburg is expected to come in to the conference with three other schools following. We're going to talk about that uh, and other things with our, our special guest, Stan Autry of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Stan, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, thanks, Nathan. It's a pleasure to join you. Yeah, I, I guess I have a running joke that when re- people return to the podcast from last season, in this case, that we're going to double their pay. So <laughs> do the math. Uh, two times zero, still zero. Uh, so uh, Stan covers uh, many things for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. If you recall, last year we talked about golf and things, but uh, he, he covers Georgia State. The Panthers play at Georgia Southern this Saturday, 6 p.m. at Paulson Stadium. It's homecoming for Georgia Southern, and it's a conference game that means a whole lot to these two teams. Uh, just to catch everybody up, uh, since we last last week's episode, we had an all-basketball episode with men's basketball coach Brian Berg. We talked about the Eagles men's basketball program and about Coach Berg, how he got to Statesboro. It's a really interesting journey. Check out that episode if you get a chance. Uh, we're back to football today, and Georgia Southern, uh, to bring it up, they're, they're not doing so hot. A two and five coming off of their probably their worst performance on October 14th, the 41-14 loss at South Alabama, which is as bad as it sounds. Uh, it was all other than punting by Anthony Beck II. I think there, wasn't, there weren't too many highlights in that game. Um, and if your punter's the best highlight, that's not, that's not a great thing. So... Uh, not bad, but not great. Uh, so Georgia Southern, one and three in the conference, uh, losers of two straight. Uh, they basically are not mathematically, but basically are figured out of the running for the East Division title. Uh, we'll see if Stan differs with me on that. But they're, they're, they've got they've had a 16-day break between that game and the Georgia State game to kind of fix as many things as they can. And, and coach, the interim head coach Kevin Whitley said Monday, yesterday that the, the guys are hitting harder, they seem to be more focused, uh, that there's no kind of cashing it in or mailing it in. He didn't use those words, but basically the guys are, the players are trying real hard. They're trying to push all the right buttons and motivate guys, and it's homecoming game, and it's a conference game, and it's a game. So they're, they're doing their best they can. So we're going to bring Stan in now. And Stan, um, let's talk about uh, Georgia State, because uh, just looking from a distance, Georgia State and Atlanta, of course, not too much of a distance, They've had kind of a uh, an interesting season, and maybe interesting is not the best word for it, but like Georgia Southern, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, that they're losing to teams that they're fa- they're supposed to lose to, and they're beating some teams that they're supposed to beat. And uh, so if you look at it game by game, it's really not that surprising that they're three and four, but the good news is they're they're two and one in the division, two and one in the conference. So they 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 can still play their way into a division title. It's not uh it's not locked out. It's 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 there, there for if they can pull this off. But I don't know how many games they're going to be favored in uh, the rest of the way. But uh, what do you, what's Georgia State's season been like from losing to Army and North Carolina and Auburn and beating Charlotte and and ULM, which actually is saying something this year. And uh, last week 
against Texas State. What do you make of this team? Well, they're they're kind of a bit more disappointing than I thought they would be. The Army game was just a bad game for them. And that was a game I thought they would have a, a chance to win. Army's really pretty good, yeah. as you know. And Army came out. They had lost to Georgia State a couple of years ago in Atlanta. And they they were pretty determined that, that afternoon. So Georgia State did not play well. Um, and then you mentioned the other two games that they should have lost anyway. North Carolina, they went up there and they were in the game until the third quarter. And then they kind of let it get away from them. Came back, beat Charlotte like they should have, and really should have beat Auburn. They had Auburn, you know, Auburn fourth and goal at the eight, time running out, and they come up with a with a great touchdown. Kid makes a great play, and then they they tack on another touchdown on a pick six. But they really should have. They really should have. Really could have won that game. And then your your whole thing, your whole scenario is is completely different. Um, but those are the two, those two that kind of, they should have lost, they did lose. The other two, they looked, played really well against um, Louisiana Monroe, got the offense going really good that day, and played a really interesting, good game against uh, Texas Southern over the over the weekend. It was a good football game. Yes, so the Panthers are kind of on the upswing with two straight wins, conference wins. Uh, they lost to Appalachian State in the other conference game. Which is no no harm, no shame in that. I think most most teams will lose to App State, uh, but uh, the conference record is what determines your division record, and uh, so they're still in it, right? You're not you can't really rule them out. No, you can't rule them out. They've got to, you know, they've got to obviously win this week against Georgia Southern, and then they follow up with uh, Louisiana and Coastal, so yeah. both on the road. So that's three really tough road games they have, you know, back to back to back. Uh, if they can win this weekend, and I don't know if they got a chance to steal one of those other two or not, I would think Louisiana would be the most likely. Although I'm sure it's pretty difficult to win in Louisiana, <laughs> and they're they're always pretty good. Yeah, they, they are good. And but if, I don't know if you saw that Arkansas State game. Um, it's a good thing we're not betting men, right? Right, Stan, <laughs> because um, to, uh, Louisiana won that game by one point. Okay. Of Arkansas. If you had seen uh, 2027, and they basically sealed it with, if I recall correctly from, uh, I guess it was last Thursday, maybe, that they, they kind of had this long drive at the end of the game, and Arkansas State never got the ball back to try to overcome a one-point deficit in the last at the end of the fourth quarter. And the way Arkansas State was playing, um, you know, they were hyped up, national TV, I think they were at home. Uh, they were in the game, and, and, and people, uh, the Georgia Southern fans know Arkansas State has a good offense. They have really good receivers, and uh, if their quarterback is on, the, the quarterback now um, is on, uh, they're dangerous. You just have to outscore them, which is what Georgia Southern did in a big way by running past them. Louisiana ran past them as well, but Arkansas, if Arkansas State, who's at the bottom of the division at that point and the 130th out of 130th ranked defenses, comes with a point of beating Louisiana, which might end up winning the whole conference, um, then anything is possible. Uh, and uh, for Georgia State to go into Louisiana or Coastal, which just lost, surprisingly, uh, I guess, that um, maybe the conference is as deep as people thought. I don't I don't think on paper anybody's outside of Atlanta or alumni are going to be picking Georgia State to beat to win at Louisiana or at Coastal Carolina, unless there's some horrific injuries at quarterback or something to those teams, because they they definitely run through their quarterbacks. 
Well, Georgia State uh, really should have beat Louisiana last year in Atlanta and ended up losing late. They had a big lead in law. And then last year against Coastal, Coastal just came in here and, right. and just ran over them. It was by far the worst game State played all year. Yeah. So they've, they've got motivation both ways, but just you you got to take them one at a time, and it starts this week, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to get back to this week, but I, I've got to take a commercial break, Stan. So go ahead and 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 take a take a breather. I uh, I've, I want to let people know that we'll be right back with my guest Stan Autry. But I need I need to plug the best source for local news in Savannah, the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. Want to know the latest on the Georgia Southern uh, football team? And we've been talking about men's and women's basketball lately, too. They're about to start their seasons. Uh, how about which high school teams are hot and which are not? They're only a week or two away. Uh, most teams have one or two games left before the playoffs. Uh, and also the Savannah State Tigers. They uh, they were really hot. They won six in a row. And then they, they had a really disappointing performance at Albany State last Saturday. But we, we also talk, cover them in the Savannah Morning News. Uh, as well as other sports stories. So we have all that and news, features, and opinion columns. And if you aren't a subscriber, now's the time to try us out. You can get full access to all of our digital content for $1 for the next six months. That's the last special that I saw. That's $1 for six months. That's going to take you all the way through football season, well into basketball season. And it's almost like we're paying you $1. So uh, you can get all that if you go to savannahnow.com slash subscription. Sorry savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up that's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now go to that site sign up uh, see what the special is whether it's a one dollar for six months or one dollar per month for six months whatever it is it's, it sounds like a bargain to me so let, hey let's get back to stan you probably had a long lunch during that break so stan uh, i hope you finished your tuna salad or whatever that you had no just just kidding for people see that was only a minute but uh, I, was, I was subscribing to the savannah <laughs> Hey, one at a time. That's all we can do. One game at a time, one subscriber at a time. That's how we live. Uh, Stan, we were talking about Georgia State, and I want to break them down a little bit more. But what what uh, Georgia State beat uh, Georgia Southern, and, and that was a different team in a different year and a different quarterback uh, for both sides. Uh, but Georgia Southern lost that game 39-21. That was an odd score. Uh, no, sorry, that was your bowl game. Sorry, 30-24, to 24, not so odd score. November 28th last year in Atlanta, 30-24. <laughs> Georgia State beat Georgia Southern. So that's another notch in the rivalry for the Panthers. And I, I let, let's go ahead and address that. So on the conference call, the Sunbelt conference call Monday, uh, Sean Elliott, head coach of Georgia State, was asked, or he brought up, is it a rivalry with Georgia Southern? And his answer was yes. They're in the same conference in Division One teams. Now, he could have said they're also in the same state. Maybe he just assumed everybody realized that. So – uh, you have two teams in the same state, similar sounding names. They, I don't think they like each other. And he called it a rivalry. Makes sense, right? Very straightforward. We talked to Georgia Southern players yesterday, and they repeated the same thing that we've heard for years, which is it's not a rivalry. Not a rivalry. I, they consider Appalachian State a rival, going back to their SoCon days, Southern Conference days. Maybe they have rivals with other teams. They don't like Georgia State. Uh, they've had some chippiness with Georgia State, but for some reason they don't want to consider the the uh, the status. They don't want to raise the bar and call it a rival. I guess that's one one more dig at your rival, not to to not even recognize them, like saying that the question even isn't worth my time. Uh, the head coach, the interim head coach Kevin Whitley, said he doesn't really pay attention to that. He's uh, when you know when he played for Georgia Southern back in the day, they uh, they weren't in the same. They're what Georgia State wasn't around. 
State, you know, Appalachian State was the rival, and he hasn't really paid attention. He's more worried about his own team. So he basically was very diplomatic. He didn't answer the question that it is or is not a rivalry like Sean Elliott did. So, Stan, as a sports writer who's, who's covered many sports over the years, is it a rivalry? I, I think it's a rivalry. Um, just the fact that they're in the same conference, they're in the same state, they're going after a lot of the same recruits and the same players. I think it is a rivalry, and I think I think you're right, though. The players that deny it, they're kind of maybe throwing some shade. You know, <laughs> we're not even going to admit it is a rival because it's such yeah. a rival. It's almost yeah. like a Seinfeld plot. <laughs> About nothing. Well, yeah. I think I think, I think think um, a, a general consensus, a consensus would be it's a rivalry when it's competitive. If um, the, the – the Dallas Cowboys beat the Washington football team or vice versa eight straight years. What is considered one of the great rivalries? Not so much a great rivalry, still probably a rivalry, but you know, it's gotta be competitive. Bjorn Borg against John McEnroe or, or, or Jimmy Connors against McEnroe or anybody against McEnroe was probably a rivalry. We're showing our age or I'm showing my age, but I know you're a tennis fan too. Uh, golf has their own little rivalries. Uh, would you say tiger versus Phil's a rivalry? Tiger and Phil was definitely a rivalry. <laughs> Yeah, you got you got a hundred some other players on the course the first couple of rounds, but what's everybody worried about? You know, right? Tiger yeah. and Phil, and it's funny how they always Tiger played morning, Phil played afternoon, vice versa. <laughs> they were never next to each oh, other with but, each other. But I, I think, am I right remembering that Augusta one year at the Masters, the the way the, the in the third or fourth round they ended up being in the same grouping, a two you know it's two people in Masters at that that point, and so. They were so busy going at each other that I don't even know if they paid attention to the leaderboard. And I think if they had done that, they might have actually maybe caught the leader that day. But they were so busy kind of playing match play, I think. Uh, I don't know if that's fair to say, but it seemed, it felt like that, that they were just like, oh, you got a bogey? Well, I got a par. Oh, you got a, a birdie? I got a birdie. So, right. you know, it was kind of like that. It was a lot of fun. And I saw Sergio. I followed Sergio and Tiger uh, one year, and that definitely the, – the fans – the, sorry, not fans. The patrons, uh, my apologies. The patrons definitely were had pick sides. It was divisive. There were the Sergio people and there were the Tiger people. Obviously, there are more Tiger Woods fans that, probably than any other uh, current golfer. But um, anyway, that was a lot of fun because people were muttering stuff about Tiger and, and Sergio. And for people that don't know, Sergio Garcia has had over over the years has openly criticized Tiger for certain things that he did on the course and Tiger maybe not so veiled has has criticized Sergio for some of the things he's done on the course. I don't think it ever got personal with their personal lives. I think it was all about slow play or getting the benefit of some DQ kind of possible rulings and basically, you know, nobody's above the law kind of stuff. <laughs> so, anyway, so back to Georgia State, Georgia Southern, they play this Saturday. Georgia State, like I said, I'm trying to figure them out. If they're the team that showed up the last two weeks, then it's going to be a real tough game. And and one of the things that's happened, if you we if you, we saw them last year, was that they had a different quarterback playing most of the time with Quad Brown, right? Right. He, what happened to him? Did he get he got? Well, he had a, he had a great last, you know, had a great season, and people expected him to come back and just kind of pick up where he left off. Well, they brought in a couple other guys. Uh, they brought in a guy named Darren Granger, who was a transfer from Furman. Right. And they they knew him from when he was a freshman. He came into Georgia State and threw for like 350 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. And Furman almost beat Georgia State that night. Well, he decides to transfer to, to Georgia State. Well, suddenly you've got competition. 
And uh, Claude Brown won the job and started, but the offense did nothing for a couple of weeks. So he, he made the switch to Granger. Granger played well, led him to victory against Charlotte, played really well against Auburn, and then faltered. So they, they switched things up again. And it was an open competition. But Sean said last week, I'm going to pick a guy and we're going to go with it because I'm not having two guys flip-flopping. We're not, we're not doing that. That's not the way you have a stable program in D1. So basically, Granger won the job. And so he started the last two weeks and has, has played well. It's, describe his style of play. I'll give some stats before I let you do that. So, okay. um, And you can highlight it with how he did last week. So in seven games, uh, Darren Granger, who's that kind of you can't beat him, join him, is his moniker, I guess. 58 of um, 96 passes, 783 yards, uh, 111 yards, basically 112 yards a game passing, uh, 11 touchdowns and three interceptions, which is good. That's good. Uh, Cornelius Quad Brown, five games played, not seven. Um, I don't know if I read 42 of 81, 384 yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions, 71, 72 yards a game passing. Now, it is different competition playing Army's defense and North Carolina's defense. It's probably not the same as playing Texas State's defense, no offense. But um, anyway, so you got that. Plus, uh, Darren Granger also 69 carries for 357 yards, 51 yards a game. I think he had 100 yards last game. He had a lot of guys with 100 yards last game, it seemed like. <laughs> Tucker Gregg uh, coming yeah, yeah. on. Right. Yeah, so they basically ran past Texas State. Like Georgia Southern fans can relate to that. They ran past Texas State. Well, they, they, they want to run the ball. That's the main thing they want to do. They've got all five of their offensive linemen are, are back, and all of them have started four years, five years now. Because, you, you know, if you get another year for extra COVID, if you get your vaccine or something wrong, then they'll bring you back for seven or eight years. Just come uh, back. Wait. Now, he's saying that in jest, although it could be a rule. <laughs> I, I'm very much in jest. But they are, I mean, they're very experienced on the offensive line. They're, they're big and strong and you know the importance of an offensive line. They they just make the whole thing go. And the Tucker Gregg kid is just a, it's just kind of a big, burly, strong guy, a big physical kind kind of runner. And he's going to run over you. But if he gets around you, he's got a chance to go make 20 or 25 yards. He had a couple of real big long runs against Auburn that all of us are still wondering, you know, where'd that come from? Right. Wasn't he more of a deep on the bench kind of guy for most? He's been there like five years. Yeah, he's a short yardage guy. Just come in and, uh, you know, block or do a short yardage carry. And he's just he's just been a rock for them all year. Yeah. It was and then the guy to... who's kind of been surprised has been a guy named Jameis, uh, right. Jameis Williams, who's right. transferred from South Carolina as a cornerback. Oh. And was going to be like a shutdown corner. And they decided he's going to be more valuable at running back. So he's kind of the change of pace guy and he's just very, very quick. So they got Greg running the quarterback Granger runs Jameis. I want to call it Jameis Winston. I know you almost did. I know that. I did almost the same thing. <laughs> Jameis Williams, who names these kids and, and Destin Coates, it was supposed to be his team, right? Destin Coates, he was like the guy that the, the conference was looking toward, right? Right. And he, um, he had a big fumble in the first game. Um, had another fumble and another mm. and he just doesn't play very much anymore. I mean, he's just, you know, there's not enough carries and Sean mm. is really serious about ball, you know, security and mm. 
He said, the only way I can make sure is the guy standing on the sideline next to me. <laughs> oh my so God. I'm not drop it over here. Sounds like a, a, a possible candidate for the transfer portal. Although the guys ahead of him might be seniors. I don't know what, what year he's in school. But um, yeah, so um, statistically, you know, you've got those losses lumped in with the wins and there's some bad losses. So it looks kind of worse than it is because I think Georgia State right now is playing much better and 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 uh, then they, they had earlier in the year. So they're scoring 24 points a game but give, and giving up 32 first downs. This is kind of interesting to me. If you're a stats person, 156 first downs for the Panthers, 156 first downs for their opponents. Now, I don't know if that means anything, but it kind of shows that, hey, they weren't really out of it, you know, and, and they've kind of made up the difference. Uh, they rush for 219 a game, give up 164, pass for 166, give up 250 which as may, may not be great, but it's still better than what, what's happening with Georgia Southern. For people that have been paying attention, Georgia Southern's pass defense, and there are reasons behind this, but uh, pass defense, I think it's 127th out of, out of 130 in the whole country. They've been getting lit up, up by opposing teams. South Alabama, um, um, you know, Jake Bentley, he looked like a Division One quarterback from South Carolina against them. Uh, he, he was a transfer uh so they they haven't looked good when teams have passed the ball. Arkansas State does that to everybody, I guess. But they uh, Arkansas beat them up that way. FAU everywhere they've gone, every team has done well passing wise. And it's something they're trying to figure out uh, desperately. They're missing. It's not new news, but they they've been missing their best cornerback. You talk about a shutdown corner. Derek Cantine was an All American candidate at cornerback. He was a freshman All American last year. He got hurt in the second game of the season at Florida Atlantic. He tore a like a pectoral muscle. He's out for the year, and even though the other guys have played and, and played hurt, I think all their defensive backs have been hurt at some point. They're just not cohesive, and then the pass rush has 20 sacks, which is among the conference leaders, and they have two guys with four sacks, Justin Ellis and C.J. Wright, but part of that is those guys' effort to get to the quarterback, and part of that is the other teams are throwing so much. I guess there's more opportunity to get sacks, just statistically. So you got Georgia Southern that is a running team, option team. Very Everyone knows that. They, they will try to run past you. The running backs have played well. The offensive line, maybe not so much. The quarterback situation, you talk about stability of quarterback, that has not been the case. They've had the same quarterback, Justin Tomlin, since game three. He was suspended for the first two games for academic issues. When he got those grades straightened out last spring and over the summer, but he knew the suspension was coming. So they kind of had to do it by committee. And then he's been the starting quarterback, but he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet, which any way you crack it, uh, it's not good. I know they don't throw the ball very much compared to almost any team in the country, you know, unless you're talking about Army or somebody. But uh, they don't, they, they're not doing that well at, on offense. Now, one more statistic I want to throw at you before we run out of time. And we talked about this pregame, if you will, pre-show. I don't know if I've heard of this before, but Georgia State head coach Sean Elliott is an analytics guy, and his analysis says when the other team is kicking or punting, call a fair catch. So what that means on kickoffs is no matter where you're on the field under the rules, whether it goes through the end zone or if you do a fair catch at the one yard line or the 20 or whatever, it's at the 25. Uh, so the, the Panthers are going to start every series at the 25. And then uh, unless I don't know the rules that well, maybe if it's ahead of the 25, is it at that spot? I assume maybe that way, but it, as far as deep kicks. So for the whole season, seven games and the team is what three and four, two and one in the conference, they have one kickoff return for 11 yards. That's for the whole season. One kickoff for 11 yards, one punt return for two yards. That's for the whole season. 
that that is crazy. That's maybe crazy like a fox, but that's that's crazy because there's got to be opportunities where you could break big plays. But at this, on the same token, or on the other hand, maybe there's opportunities to have fumbles and and uh, penalties, blocking the back or other personal fouls. The the more the play plays out, do you have those chances? So is he a mad genius or is he just really good at numbers and smarter than the rest of us? Or is he cautious? What do you think about this? I, I've not talked to him about that because I hadn't looked at those, those numbers. That's, that's very interesting. I, yeah. I knew they always fair catch the, the punts. That's uh, and I think that may have something to do with ball security. Um, the kickoffs, you know, a lot of times, though, Nathan, now they just kick the ball in the end zone. You don't have a chance to run it out. Right. So I haven't looked to see how many opportunities are just playing touchbacks and how many they bear catch at the two or three yard line. I remember them doing it several times now that you mention it. But yeah, the um, team's going to be it, healthier, too. That was when. Yeah, it, it, you're right, though. There's so many bad things that can happen. <laughs> you know, I saw it last week. Texas State had a nice run back on a kickoff. But app coming back to the ten yard line because some guy you know blocks somebody in the back away from the play. Yeah, away from the too. play. And I think Sean Elliott would rather have. Okay, we like our offense. We're going to start on the twenty five and go from there. Twenty five is not bad. You, when we were growing up, it was the twenty. That's right. And uh, and it doesn't. It may not sound like a light a lot, but that extra five yards of cushion ahead of you and behind you, I guess, it uh, it's it's a good thing. I mean, I, I think a lot of teams would would dread. I, mean, I know they practice, you know, when they're they're deep in their own uh, their field, but 25 probably is better than the return average. If a guy gets the ball a yard deep or a yard in front of the end zone, the odds of him getting to the 25 are, I would think, less than 50%, maybe a lot less than 50%, because most everybody's pretty good at, at kickoff coverage. I think pretty good is probably mediocre they're probably, or average. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, though, because I'm sure there there are players that are maybe a little more – spirited about uh, an opportunity but uh the punt one is yeah obviously if you've got a, a punt returner that is having some issues and there's just i mean it's a very tense thing to, to have a guy breathing down your neck and you, you you don't fair catch the ball or even when you fair catch the ball it's always a little nervous time so yeah fair catch it have a little cushion breathing room make the catch get on with the game uh over the course of a season the analytics like with baseball and other football analytics They'll they'll prove you right. It's not as it's not as severe as the the court the coach now at Presbyterian that always he never punts the ball right. He goes for it yeah. on fourth down, no matter what the the down and distance, no matter where they are in the field. I mean that just unless you're really good at it, or unless you really hate your punter, it's not going to make any sense in a football way because when you have fourth and eleven from your twenty two, you're you're not it's not happening most of the time. Maybe ninety percent of the time. No, no. Now one thing Sean is. Very aggressive about is going for it on fourth down. He is not afraid, you know, fourth and one on his in his own territory. Sometime to just all right, we're going we're going to go for it. We're going to trust those guys and give it to you, and we're going to get that yard. Uh, Paul Johnson used to say, "It's just a yard. You can't get a yard. You don't need to be out there." Yeah, but uh, that's, that's the kind of logic that'll make you crazy, though. Because yeah, <laughs> if it doesn't work, it makes you crazy. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, well, I don't know if it's a good analogy, but when the uh, when one of your um, I don't want to call them ball hog, but one of your shooters, one of your guys uh, launches a um, launches a three pointer in basketball, and he's like way too far, and they're trying to work the ball inside to the post, or or you know maybe take advantage of some sort of mismatch, and the guy launches it up, and the the head coach is like going no, oh, and it goes yeah, in. It's right. like 
Good shot. Good shot. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, we're, we're running out of time, Stan. You've done so great. I want to let people know that Stan covers a lot of different sports, and he did us a big solid, I guess, as people say, big uh, uh, thing when you covered the cross the, – sorry, the, the flag football championship game for the Savannah Morning News – Calvary Day School was playing for one of the two state championships last year. I think there's going to be more classifications this year. Three. Because of three. Okay. So the pandemic, they kind of smushed because there was half the 50% of the schools that were supposed to play did not play. About 50% didn't play. So anyway, the 50% that did play, they had the whole season. They had a playoff. And uh, Calvary Day School made it to Atlanta, to the big stadium. And they played or just outside the big stadium, I guess. Mercedes, uh, the, the dome, uh, the, um, uh, they, uh, they, they won the game and Stan was there to cover it. And for those people who haven't seen, uh, flag football, girls flag football, I guess if you want to sum it up, what you, what was your experience? Like, what do you think? That was the first time I had seen it too, was at the, the championship. It was a lot of fun. I had, yeah. I had, it took me a while to catch up on the rules and kind of figure it out. Sometimes there's some funky things with first down and yardage and stuff. There's, it's all for strategic reasons though. It, but it was a lot of fun. It's very enjoyable. I can see why uh, how people would really like it. Yeah, um, um, boys or girls would like it because it's 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 open and it's fast, and uh, 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 you could play everybody if you want. And so yeah, the girls had a great time, and and they told me afterwards that Calvary Day um, Stan covered the game, and I did a follow up about the state of flag football in Georgia, basically, and they said one of the things they really appreciated was like the first class treatment from the GHSA, like. It wasn't like the boys football championships is way up here. If you can see me and the girls is like an afterthought. It was like, we're going to treat this first, first class. And they get, you know, they were in Atlanta and they played what just outside the Mercedes Benz stadium. Well, they played the championship game at Georgia state. Oh, Georgia state. That's right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, that was Calvary day. Is that a real rivalry that they've got? Or is that just something? <laughs> Calvary day with the, what everybody else? Yeah, with the team they beat in the championship game. Oh, was it Portal? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, um, well, I, I guess that's how you goes out the window. Yeah, I guess that's how you start a rivalry. It was what well, basically to to refresh everybody's memory, including my own. It was the first year of sanctioned varsity competition, meaning that some schools may have started a club team or whatever unofficial schedule in the past, but just the whole state last year and just. They didn't plan for the pandemic. Nobody did, but they, the pandemic put a big uh, crimp into the whole process. But they were, they were, they were. They, the season is after the fall sports and before the winter sports. If you get that, so girls who are playing softball and volleyball can still play cross uh, or cross country, too. Can still play flag football before they start basketball, or or just take the take a break. But it added another girl sport, and it was one that girls of all levels could play and it's going to get only more competitive and they they just um they really enjoyed uh you know the whole idea of playing at night for the whole school it's a school team and uh the camaraderie and the and the fun of it and if you have a girl who can throw the ball uh accurately just like on the boys side if you got a good quarterback it makes a huge difference it does and i give georgia georgia high school association a ton of credit for for bringing that along and Robin Hines, the executive director, has been a the perfect guy. He's been such a great leader for the GHSA through this whole the whole, this whole time he's been the executive director, but especially through the pandemic, he's really been the, the man. Yeah, he's got he's had to deal with a lot more stuff, we'll say than 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 anybody has had to coming from all sides. 
both uh, from the world around him and also from the other high schools. And, you know, there's always people that have uh, squabbles and things. So uh, they, there was a, it worked out really well for, for flag football. Of course, they just started another season. And uh, Stan, I, I might uh, hire you right now if you want to if you want to be out there. If it's if it's at Georgia State again, I, I if it's that's in your neighborhood. Uh, so we appreciate that. We'll see who makes it. We'll have to see who makes it. Yeah, we're still a week, few weeks away. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, I uh, I, I want to let everyone know we're we're once again taping on Tuesday. Uh, Georgia Southern hosts Georgia State at 6 p.m. Saturday homecoming game, Sun Belt Conference game, 6 p.m. Paulson Stadium. Uh, since we're talking on Tuesday, we don't know officially that Southern Miss is about to join the Sun Belt. Oh, not about to join, but they have been accepted into the Sun Belt Conference. That announcement is supposed to come later today, later Tuesday. So assuming that's all true and, and all, all the ducks are in a row, uh, other teams like uh, Old Dominion, James Madison, which is an FCS a powerhouse in football, and Marshall, everybody knows Marshall, they are supposed to be the next ones to join the Sun Belt as the kind of the whole world of what we know of Georgia's of college football is kind of in a big state of flux with the SEC, the Big 12, the Conference USA, basically having people pick it apart. Uh, the AAC has kind of gotten a lot of leg up. And now the Sun Belt looks like they are picking markets that fit nicely into their conference. So Southern Miss is in Hattiesburg. So you've got Alabama to the east with the Troy and South Alabama. You've got and Georgia, of course, beyond that. You've got Louisiana to the west with ULM and Louisiana and the Texas teams, uh, Texas State, you know, Arkansas State to the north. So not a bad fit as things go travel wise. Uh, not bad at a choice at all for uh, Southern Miss. I've been to Hattiesburg, not great college town. I, I think I was there for an hour or two. So <laughs> I had lunch there many years ago. But uh, <laughs> Southern Miss is close to a lot of stuff. It, kind of its own thing but it's still not far from a lot of stuff and um and anyway we'll uh we'll see how that goes stan what do you what do you think uh, i guess we'll just well we got we're out of time i guess but what do you what do you think about the state conference uh, the sunbelt conference well i think if they add those four teams it's going to get even tougher it's already i think a really good conference and i think yeah. that just ratchets it up a little bit more i'm not curious to see how they was, i'm sure yeah i'm sure they're gonna i'm curious to see how it's gonna split up you know east west wise yeah. And uh, where everybody's going to land. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. Maybe we'll talk more about that next next episode. Stan, so much. Um, so much. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Everybody, thanks for listening to the Georgia Southern Extra podcast. And we'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody. Rock. He's taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. Yeah.